Films India Cover Story Podcast Series in association with TheIndicast.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue's cover features 13 companies which show great potential in their respective industries and they are growing at a phenomenal rate every year. Forbes India calls them hidden gems. Joining me on the call are Samar Srivastava, Deepti Chaudhary and Praveen Palande who have been part of this issue. Hi everyone. Hi. Hi. Before we begin about giving the listeners highlights of this issue, very briefly to refresh, who are these gems and uh, why are they hidden? Praveen, if you could. So, hidden gems, like, you know, as the name suggests, are like companies that have been growing at a fast rate and normally they are unlisted companies. So, what we look at is like basically companies which have got an external investor, a private equity investor, where the promoter is basically very fundamentally sound and growing his business at a decent rate. And at some point in time, the promoter is very clear that he wants to go for a listing in the stock market. That is how we look at hidden gems. Most of these companies are under the radar of normal investors. Private equity people and seed funders are aware about these companies, but otherwise they are not really known in the market. This is not the first time that Forbes India is doing this. We did this uh, last time as well. So how have the companies that you tracked last year are doing today? Is this idea working in the first place? Yes, Abhishek, the idea of picking hidden gems is working. So if we look at our list of 14 companies that we featured in 2014, two companies are going uh, public. SH Kelkar, which is a fragrance and flavors company backed by Blackstone, has filed for a DRHP and uh, the IPO is lined up anytime now which is a good opportunity for retail investors. The other company that we have featured is uh, Hyderabad-based infrastructure uh, company called Power Mech Project. The company's IPO uh, just got done. And so uh, we would like to believe that, you know, our idea of picking up hidden gems is working. Right. And in fact, when we are talking about growth, uh, some of them, at least in this year's list, I see are growing at more than 40-odd percent per annum. To come back to this year's uh, cover story, uh, Summer, if you could take us through the cover that you've written on Loris Labs. Uh, it's a Hyderabad-based company and uh, revenues of more than 2,000 crore rupees. Talk us through it. Why is it on the cover? We chanced upon Loris Labs when we met with Robert Pinkus, and they told us about a company that invested in Hyderabad again uh, that was very promising. Now, this company essentially takes APIs, which are active pharmaceutical ingredients, mm-hmm. and these are the building blocks of medicine. So essentially these are your formulations from which medicines are made and they market these formulations to pharma companies and uh, that's how they make their money. What's interesting about this company is that it was started by a gentleman called Dr. Satyanarayan Chava, a former chief operating officer of Matrix Labs and he's a chemist. He believes that uh, research is the key to a good pharma company. So he's really worked hard on developing these APIs and he's also worked hard at marketing APIs that have higher margins. So APIs for antiretrovirals, which are essentially medicines that do HIV, have much higher margins than APIs for other medicines. So he's he's built this steady stream of APIs that have higher margins and that's allowed the company to grow fast and to grow Mm -hmm. profitably. Our cover story mentions that, you know, their their, uh, profits and margins are as good as any of the top five generic pharma companies in India. And, you know, lastly, one one other reason why we thought this business could do very well is because, you know, when you meet the gentleman, 
his philosophy, I mean, he's very clear about certain things. For instance, some pharma companies have separate plants for the U.S. market and separate plants for the Indian market or other markets because quality control measures are more stringent for the U.S. market. He said, no, I'm not going to have a separate plant for the U.S. market because why should Indians be entitled to a drug of lesser quality? So, you know, he's, he's built his business with a very sound footing. So I'll let the readers read the story to find more about this. And, and one of the interesting statistics that I read was that the average revenue earned per employee each year is, is up to 75 lakh rupees. And to talk about a, a few others on the list, and they are quite diverse, so it's going to be a tough time for transitioning from one question to the other. But Praveen, if you could take a stab at uh, Prasanna Purple, which uh, ferries passengers between cities, among many other things that they do. Thousand buses, uh, many, many states. Tell us about it. This is one company where the brand name is not like a very, very common but what these guys have done is they have tied up with state transport, city transport with the municipality and they are running the buses for the municipality. So for example, they have had tie up in Pune, they have had tie up in other cities like Bhopal and even to a certain extent they are also working in Delhi. So what is happening is that even uh, something like the BEST is making huge losses. People as they start retiring, the state government wants to figure out how to make these state transport profitable. So that is why they want someone to come in, like, you know, give them solutions. And Prasanna is exactly doing that, Prasanna Purple, I mean. Right. And apart from that, Prasanna Purple has, like, figured out a way to grow into the business of basically corporate transport, which is a business that is run very inefficiently. In his view, in Prasanna Patwadhan's view, he should be able to save around 10% or, or maybe even 15 to 20% in terms of transport costs for these companies, and that, it, that would eventually add to the margins of these companies. Right. And are all the companies that everyone's written about, are they profitable? Is that is that the theme, or was that the requisite? Uh, to no, no, up on no, 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 no. They have a turnover. They, don't have, they, they may not be profitable, but some of them would be operationally feasible, if you know what I mean to say. Right. So, sorry to interrupt there, Praveen. So it's a good time to talk about the process. So how do you choose a hidden gem very briefly? So we initially just kind of uh, go through a massive database mm-hmm. and pick up companies that are growing at a faster rate. See, we have to understand that hidden gems are new companies, new ideas, and so you cannot look at profitability. Right. We are looking at the future prospects of this company and how solid is the promoter. So typically the ideas are fresh. Okay, that is how we look at and the quality of promoter and the quality of investor. That's the way to go. Got it. And talking about fresh ideas or niche markets for that matter, one company that, uh, Deepthi, you have written about is that of Flamingo International. It is, in your words, one of the only duty-free retail chains with a global presence. 32 countries, 260 stores, high margins. Tell us about this firm and uh, why is it up there? Pedro Flamingo has a very interesting story, and besides the fact that it has got amazing financials, so if you look at the revenues, which has $600 million in revenue, there are very, very few Indian companies that have gone global with that kind of a case. And duty-free is a huge market. Every country has several not just one or two airports. So the whole scale for this company is huge. The company has been around since 2003. The company has got the most amazing uh, set of global investors. What excites us about this company is, is this fact that, you know, they seem to know how to get into international markets. So it's not just India if you look at how they have expanded. They have gone 
in uh, Asia, they have gone in Middle East, they have gone in Europe. They have uh, gone beyond just duty free shops. So it's not just about just having a duty free shop, people will come in and shop. Hmm. Even beyond that, they have uh, an online portal now, they have services for diplomats, they have cafes, and they are constantly innovating. You know, Flamingo is not just about air travel, it's also there for cruises which is a very smart move for a company like them. So all in all, I think this this company has a huge potential for itself and for its investors. And not not all these companies have necessarily succeeded in the first go, right? One, for instance, comes to mind is that of TCNS Clothing, a women's ethnic uh, contemporary wear outlet. That's what it started. It's called W, a 3,000 square feet place. And then you write how they had to close it down because people perceived it to be very pricey. Then... Uh, you also have uh, uh, high design, which wasn't successful right f- from day one. A price was tanneries that have been asked to shut down in certain places. So, you know, challenges are a part of every business that we have chosen. So, for example, high design has been around for about 37 years. One of the very few brands from India that made global presence first and then entered the Indian market despite being an Indian company. You know, it's a leather-based business. So, tanneries are, are being forced shut. Leather is not commonly available. So, that, that's one issue that, that you know, will, will probably lead to a price increase. You know, the other challenge is that Indian uh, handbag market in particular is dominated by Chinese imports. And India right. is also a very price-sensitive market. That's something that High Design is now coming in terms with. They have started discounts for the very first time now. So, you know, every company that you look at, you know, like a Kalyan Jewelers, which is dealing with gold, the prices are going up and down, uh, going down rather, you know, for the for the last few weeks. So that's a business that, you know, I think the promoter is, in, is cognizant to the fact that he may have to probably look at his margins differently. Uh, the very fact that, you know, we are facing some kind of a churn in the stock market itself, which impacts how at least consumers look at certain businesses, will have an impact on all sorts of companies, not just the ones that we have picked up. They all have their own issues. And despite that, they have a sound business model like Praveen, you mentioned, and the reasons why you picked them. Praveen, one final one. You write about finance for Forbes India. If uh, any of these were to go for an IPO, would you buy them? The short answer is yes. The long answer is markets respect growth, uh, return on investment, and markets respect good and honest promoters. So I think we have got all these three elements. Great. I think on, on that note, it's time to wrap up. Thank you very much, Praveen, Deepthi, and, and Samar. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, yeah. Thank you. And all you listeners, you can get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com as well as on iTunes. Just type in Forbes India on the top right corner of iTunes. And to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription, just message Forbes to 51818.